This is an ABC podcast. I love a cause. I love a cause too. I prefer a cause. cause. Are you a butter lettuce fan? Can we hold this? Okay. Don't waste it. Hang on. Hello, Zan. Buongiorno. Oh, ciao, Bella. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hello, how are you? I'm so happy to see you. I know, it's really nice. We can actually relax. It's been a bit of a hectic couple of weeks, but we're in the same room. We're settling in. We've got yeah. some wild stuff to talk about this week. Oh, lots of great stuff, but you're about to head off overseas too. For I work. am. We're in a few days. Going on a work trip. Work trip. Work travel. It's back. I love this. Yeah. Are you I excited? Mean, I, you I am. I'm really excited. I haven't packed yet. Um, I have to take over outfits because it's for this mm. TV project, Take 5, and I've never done that before. And for the first time ever, I'm like, oh, I can't pack light. No, you can't pack light <laughs> and you have to take everything and everything has to be organised and it's it's a nightmare because I'm... It's a w- first world problem nightmare, let's just acknowledge. It is, absolutely. We get to go overseas for work. It's great, but you have to be so organised and that's not my natural space. Yeah. I like to just oh, throw well, Obviously, in. I thrive in that yeah. space. <laughs> I like to throw everything in the bag and have all the choices and decide on the day. That's yeah. how I approach every single day. I'm not... A planner in that sense because I think, you know, how you dress reflects your mood or what you need to do that day. And, and I, my days change in the blink of an eye and I I'm, I'm just can't dress for a week. You're a mood ring dresser is what I you're am, saying. I am. A hypercolour T-shirt dresser. <laughs> Let it change with the weather or the feeling or the heat. Well, it is going to be hot where I'm going. So, I'm, mm. you know, when you're in a cold place and you can't imagine ever being hot again and vice versa, I'm in that space. So I'm looking at things going... I feel like I'll be okay, but also 35 and humidity, maybe not. Mm. So if you see sweats the show later sweat, this year sweats. and there's some like sweat patches, <laughs> that's because I planned poorly. Aww. But we'll see. I'm very excited. Heading off in a few days. Bang On is going to be coming to you from over the seas next week. We are going to be doing phone. it. Just on the phone? I reckon we can, you know, get, get a, a nice connection, a nice yeah. clear connection. Yeah. I might be a little bit um, wild and out there. I might be a bit jet lagged, but That's we'll okay. give it a red hot go. Loose Bang On. I'm going to be in Los Angeles, so I'll try and bring you some <laughs> um, really cheesy gossip, some LA gossip. Oh, that'd be great. Put celebrity spotting. The problem is I don't spotting. know who half the celebs are anymore. True. So even if I spotted them, I wouldn't know. It's always fun, the celebrity spot, isn't it? Yeah. I saw Lamar Odom last time I was in um, Hollywood going into a, an organic store. Hang on, Lamar was uh, one of the Kardashians' exes, wasn't he? Chloe, and also before, I love that that's how you know him, he was actually like as a basketball an NBA <laughs> basketball yeah. player. But yes, he was a Kardashian ex <laughs> as well. Um, Jeffy, who's a mad basketball fan, lost it. He just absolutely lost his mind. And when you see basketball players IRL, they're giants. I know. They're huge. But I'll hopefully have some um, much more juicy celebrity spots for you next Great. week. Great, good. Um, It's been a big week once again. Bang On is your home of music, art, life and stuff. And we did talk about this last week, but we have to do a little uh, catch up and update because the Kate Bush juggernaut continues. She's just made the US top 10 for the first time. And seeing this headline, I can't believe that she never made it before this. She, of course, topped the charts in the UK, but it never cracked the American top 10. That's right. And this is a 37-year-old record. Yeah. I love this. I've been listening to Hounds of Love this morning and being reminded of its wild, wild nature. It's such a good record. Yes, it was bonkers. And she was really out there and experimenting and it's wonderful. And to think that that something can have a second life or even a third life because, as we mentioned last week, running up running up that hill was covered by placebo, I think, for a particular TV show. I can't even remember now. Mm. <laughs> was it the OC? Yep. I think it was Sounds the OC. Right. I think I said that last week. But, um, yeah, it's it, having a second or a third life, something so magical and magnificent that, that 
that really floored us originally can continue to floor. I love that. And for anybody who doesn't know, if you're new to Kate Bush, you might not know that she's famously quite a recluse. Like she played these shows a few years ago, which were her first in years in London. I had friends who flew from Australia Mm. to see them. But she very rarely does interviews. She very rarely comes out. But she has given a rare public statement off the back of this success and talked about the fantastic gripping new series of Stranger Things which I won't be watching because I watched the clip that the song appears in and it still looks too scary for too me. Too scary for won't me be too. Watching, but be. she's thankful that it's been given a whole new lease of life, as you say, by young fans who love the show. I love it too, says Kate Bush. Because of this, Running Up That Hill is charting around the world and has entered the UK chart at number eight. It's all really exciting. Thanks very much to everyone who has supported the song. I wait with bated breath for the rest of the series in July. Best wishes, Kate. Oh, is that a formal letter? She probably penned that as well. With a with a feather um, yeah. quill, quill. <laughs> in her castle. Now. Look, it did make me go to her official website where oh, okay. this um, lived, and I have to mention this because you need to visit it too. Her official website is called Fish People. The main image on the website is a naked man with a fish head on, and I was just thinking, all right, fish people, is this like some deep Kate Bush cut that I've never heard before? Is it a B-side? What is this reference? I'm not the world's biggest expert on Kate Bush, so I was like, have I missed something? So I did a bit of Googling. Um, Why fish people? I found her response to this. She called her record label, which she started in 2011 to put out reissues, stuff like that. She called her label fish people. No reason. Just because she thought it'd be fun to have a silly name and not a lofty name for her label. So her label and her official website is called Fish People. You should definitely Google that and check out the amazing I'm going there right now. And (laughs) And it also looks like such a 90s website. Uh, Of course it does. It's Geocities, isn't it? Yeah, bring it on. Hang on, it's coming up. I've connected to my phone so it's a bit slow here in the ABC. Um, Enter. Oh, oh, this is terrible. (laughs) Oh, But also in the best way ever. Oh, goodness me. Shall I enter into the site? Even the fonts are terrible. Do you reckon she's done her own HTML on I that one? I reckon has. she has. I think she has. Well, she taught herself uh, to use the Fairlight, not a synthesizer, it was a sampler, in the 70s and 80s. So she's quite around all she's the She's definitely technology. designing her own website. This is freaking terrible. <laughs> oh, my God. It looks like a metal band's website from the 90s. <laughs> So good. Yes. I will definitely put that in the show notes. Everyone should visit Fish People this week. It is incredible. While Kate Bush has been climbing up the charts, lettuce has been disappearing Mm. from the supermarket aisles. Lettuce is out. Cabbage is in. There's a lot of discussion around this because lettuce is now clocking in at around $12 a head. We're talking specifically iceberg? iceberg, yeah, which is often the cheaper of the lettuces. Yeah, well, no one wanted to touch the iceberg. We've always talked about how much we love icebergs. I love the iceberg. But, like, it was a daggy lettuce, wasn't it, for a while there? Yeah, and it's kind of had a resurgence. You can get an iceberg wedge salad in many of the uh, fancier restaurants in town. It's mm. just an iceberg lettuce cut into wedges and covered in yogurt. And I feel like this price hike is finally justifying what I've paid for those salads. Yes. Because I do love an iceberg wedge salad, (laughs) but they should not be what they cost. But this $12 iceberg lettuce is causing obviously a bit of an upset in the places that use it, like burger chains, like chicken burger chains that have lettuce in. And they've, um, KFC have swapped in cabbage instead of lettuce, um, giving you the option to opt out of, of the cabbage. Would you do cabbage in a chicken burger? 
absolutely. Would you zinger it up with a bit of cabbage? I was introduced to the cabbage in the burger and I didn't realise that this had been done. There's a famous burger restaurant in Albert Park in Melbourne, um, so famous I can't remember its name at this point in time, <laughs> but we are on the ABC so it doesn't matter. Anyone who knows burgers knows this place. And I went there with Matt Preston for my documentary nights. This was about 10 years ago. Oh, yeah. And we were talking about the foods that you grow up on, the foods you love, the dimmy, that sort of thing, and, and the emotional memories attached. And he explained to me why their burgers have been so successful at this particular place because for years they have mixed the lettuce and the cabbage. The cabbage gives you crunch. You may not be aware that you're even eating cabbage. Mm. It's the cabbage that gives you the crunch in that burger that leads to people saying this is the best burger I've ever had. Right. So in actual fact it's a time-honoured tradition to have a bit of cabbage and lettuce. Be in, open to the cabbage. Be open to the cabbage because the cabbage can change your life. <laughs> it's, I mean. Pro cabbage, me for her. I am pro cabbage. I don't really like eating cabbage. Until you're on a pro cabbage platform. Just a, just a touch of cabbage, a hint, a, a, a whiff of cabbage is enough. To raw give you cabbage, cr- not sauerkraut as well. No, no. It's got to be raw, like shaved. Yeah, thinly shaved. Thinly shaved. Anything thick. Out the door, go. Leave, <laughs> leave, leave my house. But thinly shaved cabbage in a burger with mixed with lettuce is glorious and I fully subscribe to this. I love this. Pro cabbage, Miff Warhurst. Think about the cabbage. Also think about why iceberg lettuces are $12. Yeah. Because there's been a lot of complaining from um, inner city folk uh, online and the reasons that it is so expensive is that if you look anywhere around you, um, beyond the cities and even in the cities, there is incredible heavy rain in many parts of Australia, there is flooding, and some farmers are losing their third crop in a row. These cabbages are rotting. Mm. So think about the farmers who have lost multiple crops are suffering, and that's why you're paying $12 for your iceberg. Yeah. I I mean, what are you going for as an alternative, though? Because now is the time for alternatives. Because... I love a Caesar salad Mm. and it reminds me of the 90s Mm. and I'm quite happy to bring back that form of lettuce. Are you a fan of a butter lettuce? A butter lettuce. Explain the butter lettuce. A little bit slimy. A flowery lettuce. Just a bit too soft. Not oh, enough no, crunch. No, not that one. No, no, no. And expensive not a fan. for not, not a enough fan. crunch. Okay, radicchio or oh. is it radicchio? Radicchio? I say radicchio. I say ridiculous. Yeah, because it's bitter and Too awful. Too bitter. No one wants that. Overpoweringly bitter. It's an, it's an horrific leaf. Horrific. I don't know why people talk horrific this one. Horrific leaf. It's, a, it's an horrific <laughs> leaf. Horrific. Spinach? Delicious. Mm. Bring it on. Although the, the caking on the teeth after you eat the spinach, have you, you, you across that? Don't even get me started on spinach. Jeffy does not wash the spinach leaves and oh. crunching down on a bit of dirt, Ugh. unforgivable. You've got to wash them. You've got to wash your spinach. <laughs> That's a good metaphor, actually, for everything. You've got to wash your spinach. The other big thing that's been absolutely reported everywhere, and I will say unashamedly that every time a news item came on, I was like, shh. And watching, I don't know why, I'm not a monarchist, but the Platinum Jubilee had me hooked this week. <laughs> platty jubes. Platty jubes. Who was responsible for platty jubes? I don't know, but I want to shake their hand. I know. It's it's lovely. I mean, the Brits are learning how to shorten everything into... into Very Australian. Yes, I thought so too. Platty jubes. Platty jubes. And everybody turned out for the platty jubes. They even turned out for the hologram of the Queen in the gold so horse and carriage and waved at it. She was fake waving and they were all waving. I mean, and also they had a hologram of her when she'd... I think, been coronated. So mm. she was like, 
well, 70 years younger. That's right. And we've got ABBA, the hologram concert happening in England at the moment. It seems... Normalise holograms. Normalise holograms. I mean, just go ahead and die now. You, like, <laughs> oh, I don't want her to. I love I love the Queen. Any I mean, Monica's listening are just like clutching their pearls they, right they, now. I, it was an indication to me that you, you can still be there and people actually don't care. We live in a kind of virtual world almost, even in our real world. True. People lined up to see the Queen not in a carriage. I reckon they lined up to see the gilded carriage because you're reminded when you see that, it's like, oh, yeah, this is a filthy old school wealth right here. Like, who gets around in one of those big mm. gilded carriages? Oh, it's disgusting. The I mean, queen. like I said, obsessed with the royals, disgusted by the monarchy. Um, that's a dichotomy that I'll never come together and, and, and truly get over. Yeah, I think I'm in the same boat. But mm. it is a big PR exercise. It's obviously the marking of time, but they're, they're keenly aware that the interest and the support of in and of the royals is sliding. I think that they did a poll and around 40% of millennials in the UK mm. just do not care, do not see the reason for the royal family. And one of the biggest clickbait stories, I will say, of the week <laughs> was the media reaction to little Louis playing up um, while there was a performance on stage with um, Princess Catherine, his mother, next door to him, and him um, just, you know, being a toddler and all of the many, many headlines and shitty stories this generated. Oh, don't, yeah, I think you said on Twitter, Zan, don't click on these things because they just feed the beast. And this kid's little. He's naughty. He was bored. He's holding his ears when the, the planes fly over. Doing a very old school blowing of the raspberry I too. Like I thought that was really old-fashioned. Like you've been taught the appropriate things to do. There's no flipping of the bird. Like the blowing of the yeah. raspberry it was almost something like from the olden days. It was amazing. It's like they've got a nanny that has come. <laughs> Mary, Mary Poppins. Poppins. <laughs> come from the past and just flown in and taught a the child. The carpet bag. Yeah, taught a child how to do some naughty things from, you know, many, many generations ago. <laughs> yes. It was divine. I loved it. Bring it on. But, yeah, some people are saying, what does this say? He's got behavioural problems or he's spoiled. He's going to be a future leader. He shouldn't be behaving like this. I mean, really. Every single person that wrote those articles, that pitched those lines, that put them up on Twitter um, and other social media was absolutely going for the jugular of every mother of a toddler. Everyone knows you can't control toddlers and they were just just the salt in the wound, knowing that people would react and every click earns the money. So don't take the bait. Everyone knows it's bullshit. Don't take the bait. Yes, don't take it. Don't take it. Very annoying bait, though. I still read it, though. Did you <laughs> the bait? I took the bait, sorry. Because you love the royals. I do. But you hate the monarchy. Yeah, detest well, the monarchy, I think. You, um, you know, the richest family in the world living off the public purse. Well, you might be interested in the fact that Australia just swore in its first ever assistant minister for the Republic last week, and this has sparked speculation that the new Prime Minister, Anthony Albanese, may push for a referendum on becoming a republic. I don't know if it will happen. I don't think it would happen in the first term of their government. And if they're lucky to get a second, mm. who knows? But it, I think that there is a, there, there's got to be a consideration of what happens after Queen Elizabeth passes on mm. and whether we continue to be part of the Commonwealth. Is it relevant anymore? So, yeah, I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Uh, look, it's been, it's been broached before. I think Malcolm Turnbull was in charge of the Republican movement way, way, way back in the 90s even. Is that the 90s? Yeah. and We're old. I remember that. I know, I know. And I, I'm all for it. I think we should be a self-determined. Independent. Independent nation. We've got a lot of stuff to sort out and a lot of that stuff is tied to the fact that we are part of the Commonwealth. Mm. And I think it's, I think it's, you know, personally, I think it's time to move on. Time for a refresh and quite frankly... 
what's coming up through the Royals is not particularly something to be held on to, I think. Look over here, platy jubes, platy jubes, platy jubes. All PR, 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 <laughs> to keep them in jobs essentially. And they were put in those jobs because they were born into it and that is the opposite of everything I stand for. With your update. We're almost Technology update. <laughs> Bang on with the latest in tech, 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 tech. Oh, God, that really triggers me. Yeah, I know. So I excited to connect to the World Wide Web right now. <laughs> I'm downloading something <laughs> pixel by pixel. I'll see you in seven hours and I might even get a, I might even get a picture. Thank you to Bangman for sound, founding some technology sound effects because we do have a technology update. We're in the chat room. <laughs> We're ready to go. Well, the world has changed a lot since uh, the internet first came along and, of course, a big part of that has been smartphones and a big mm. part of that has been many different kinds of smartphones. You sent a great article to me this week where we could be faced with a much more simpler way of charging our phones and I say hallelujah. Hallelujah because, quite frankly, there are three on the go, it seems, that you can access depending on the type of phone, type of tablet, type of technology that you use and the EU has announced that it would be mandating a standard charger on all phones. Love it. So next time you go to your mate's place and you're about to run out and you want to run out the door and your phone's nearly died, you'll be able to go, hey, can I just borrow your charger and it will fit your phone. Yeah. 2024. But but I think this is this is a ruse. It's all a ruse because by 2024, phones won't even have chargers, I think. I feel like that's where we're headed anyway. We'll just be in zones where you can recharge in the air. Exactly. <laughs> just batteries that never run out. They will kill us. Or have a but chip they will never that we run can just out. stick to the side of our head and recharge. <laughs> we'll have a charge under the skin. Oh, just a battery. I'm pretty sure that will happen. Um, but it's it's a wonderful idea because think of, I hadn't actually even thought about it, the waste of those charges that we've purchased over the years that are now irrelevant. And Apple or, in particular have been really bad with changing really up how bad. you charge your phone. It's like, oh, now we've got a new edition and this is the way that you're going to do it. Even if you're an Apple user, you've had to change the charges multiple times. And think about when you move house because there's always that bag of <laughs> just electrical cords that you go, I'm just going to hang on to them because I don't know what they're for, but I'm going to need them for something. They'll plug into something and I know that I will need it at some point. That bag can go. <laughs> That bag doesn't exist I anymore. I find comfort in knowing it's there, to be honest. Well, what's in there, though, Zan? Can you tell me what's Bunch even in there? Bunch of blue and yellow <laughs> cables from when I used to connect to the internet Couple in hotels. Couple of phone cords, yeah. <laughs> Charges that don't work anymore. That's right. Apple has been vocal about this, saying that the proposal would hurt innovation and create a mountain of electronic waste, which I think is pretty rich coming from them. <laughs> um, but this is great, and I think that, uh, hopefully it will follow in other parts of the world, just simplifying all of that because it's just too much, isn't it? I love that. I think this is the first time that um, European Union politicians have stepped in yes. on, to the world of technology and technology companies. Plenty so, of other things they probably could have stepped into <laughs> <laughs> that might have unified the world. They're all sick world. of it. They're all sick of yeah. losing their charges. That's right. Getting on the getting on the aeroplane and not be able, being able to watch something on Netflix yeah. and not being able to plug it in because have you noticed that now? with the Apple chargers, you can't plug it in into the um, USB mm. ports anymore because it's, it's a USB-C. different... Yes. Yeah. Infuriating, I've got to say. And this is this is where <laughs> But you the can European, buy an adapter you, if you want from the Apple store, oh, You could for about $75. <laughs> and, the, and, and and I get I get why they're doing this. I, I genuinely do. And it is, it is time. But did you also hear Apple iMessage will provide a feature whereby you can take your message back? 
or edit it. I think we've all wanted this for a long time, haven't we? Yes, we In have. fact, I've done it before on Instagram and I sent a message yesterday, which wasn't bad, but I was like, I don't need to send that anymore. And I tried to unsend mm. and realised that you couldn't do it. So I welcome this. Yes, <laughs> yes. But then it tells you at the other end that someone's unsent it. And of course, then you want to know what it was. Same in WhatsApp. What did you just do? What did you just do? What yeah. have you said? Tell me everything. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. Just mucked up. Spelling mistake. Spelling mistake. That's what I say. <laughs> Grammar, bad grammar. Someone's done this before. The other big thing that's gone on this week, not in the world of technology but in the world of music and pop culture, is that we spoke about this a little while ago, I think. Madonna has been working on a biopic, which Debbie Mazar has been cast already. Julia Fox, who was dating Kanye West for about five minutes, Mm. has been cast as Debbie Mazar, who's Madonna's bestie. What? Uncut Jams. Uncut Jams. <laughs> Julia I, Fox, I love her. I still haven't watched because it looks too stressful. But now um, the the titular role, the lead role that is going to be Madonna has um, been announced. At least it's been offered to Julia Garner, who you might know as recently starring in Inventing Anna. Mm. She plays a part in Ozark. She's also really amazing in The Americans. Short, blonde, curly hair, you know who I'm talking about. I know exactly who you're talking about. And she about. is reportedly going to be playing Madonna in this new biopic, which is being directed by Madonna as yeah, well. written and directed by Madonna because there's already been a script and it's now legendary as one of, apparently it's a great script, but Madonna has said no to it because she said, no one knows what I've been through in my life and I will not have this this story told unless mm. it's come from me. So she's in charge of it. I have no idea what it will be like. I mean, I just get there's so much chaos energy, chaotic energy around Madonna at the moment. Every time I see her, you know, walking through a fashion show in ridiculous shoes, not even being able to stand. I, I'm I'm just loving the chaotic energy. I don't know what's going on with her. <laughs> She's just defying everything. Defying and, is the word yeah, for it, Yeah, and right? that shot that was on Instagram of her under the bed with her knickers and her bum up in the air and pretty much showing us all whatever you want to see. Hanging in the Louvre. Doesn't care. And I I love this version. I mean, this version of Madonna has always been the version of Madonna, I guess. Mm. But she's really offending people because she's refusing to stop showing her body, to stop showing her creativity, to stop being who she is yep. and not being quiet and not being not silent disappear. in her 60s. Yep. And I, I love it. It's chaotic and it freaks me out sometimes. Oh, Madonna. And it makes me go, oh, I'm not sure about that or how I feel. But then... And they just think, that's fabulous. Good on you. She's so good. I was re-watching that incredible speech that she gave at the Billboard Women of the Year Awards in 2016, which I'll put in the show notes because if you hadn't seen it, it's worth watching and you can even see in the faces of the women in the crowd, just everyone's just like flawed. But she's just, there's no holds barred in this speech that she gives, but one of the things she references is she says something like, the most controversial thing I've ever done is stick around. Mm. And that's such a key thing for women in the music industry because, and it's spoken about in Australia too, that after 40, you just stop getting in certain areas paid attention to, whereas men into their 40s, 50s, 60s continue to receive radio play, continue to get interviews, continue to receive acclaim. And this narrative of just the invisible woman um, still continues to this day in 2022 and she just fights against that every day and is an absolute force. And, yeah, I've been a massive Madonna fan my whole life. She definitely changed the way that I thought about what it is to be a female from a very young age. Mm. So I'm so curious to see this biopic. And Julia is an incredible actor 
So I'm really excited. And I can see her in that role. Yeah. When you look at her, I'm like, I can see a young Madonna in your face. Mm. And that's all you need, I reckon. Absolutely. Well, it's not all you need. You probably need to be a good actor as you well. You need to be able to do it. <laughs> That'll be good. But I'm very excited, very excited. Are you also equally excited about the Beavis and Butthead movie? What? I, okay, <laughs> confession. I didn't grow up with MTV. I know it was everywhere in the 80s, but I grew up in the country. It didn't, we didn't have satellite TV. We didn't have pay TV, or so pay I also TV. missed it, yeah. Yeah, so I never watched MTV. I never watched Beavis and Butthead. I got it a bit because, you know, it's not like the internet where you could look things up that everyone was talking about. You had to actually see it. Yeah. And I, I saw bits of it, but I didn't really. But it was. I didn't a, really get around it. And it was, it was a huge, huge part of culture. I remember my brother went to America for the first time in the nineties, and he brought back Beavis and Butthead merch. It was just like a massive <laughs> part of the culture. Was that it? <laughs> Gross. It's like pimply, jizz-filled teenagers just watching and being in that show. Well, it was Statler and Waldorf from the Muppets, wasn't it? But like for the <laughs> for the pimply, jizzy teenagers of the nineties, which is. Gross. It went from 1993 to 1997 on MTV. Another season, I'd missed this completely, was brought back in 2011. Didn't quite work out. So this new film is a sequel, they're calling it, that's going to be on Paramount Plus, which is one of the many streaming services, on June the 23rd. It's called Beavis and Butthead Do the Universe. In perhaps the dumbest space movie ever made, <laughs> Beavis and Butthead are sentenced to space camp by our creative judge in 1998, leading to a trip on the space shuttle with predictably disastrous results. After going through a black hole, they re-emerge in our time, where they look for love, misuse iPhones, and are hunted by the deep state. Spoiler, they don't score. I watched the trailer. Yep. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> there will be jizz. They do mention 69. And <laughs> Who's watching this? Like I don't know. Guys in their 40s who are into it? Because, I mean, I don't want to assume, but I didn't. Okay, Bang Man has just put his hand yeah, up and he's absolutely watching, watching this. <laughs> but, but I don't want to I don't want to presume that no women watch this, but it definitely felt like it was pitching to a more male teenage vibe, right? Is and are that, they is really that driving the economy? Like, why is this being made? Because, like, surely they're mostly dads now and they've, they've got not heaps of, you know, I don't know. I just don't feel like it's really, we need this. Um, and I don't think the dads That was my first it. reaction. Why? <laughs> what? Why? Why is this happening? I don't know. I, look, I think it, it speaks to our time. It speaks to the culture and that desire to have a comforting warm blanket mm. of nostalgia, mm. given the, the precarious and unpredictable nature of the world that we're living in at the moment. Um, but I guess that's always the case. But nostalgia seems to be very strong at the moment or that desire for nostalgia is very, very strong. And uh, it, whether it be going back to a simpler time uh, where things weren't as complicated and layered and there were there wasn't things like memes that you don't understand that you have to look up online in order to get the joke. The joke was just pretty simple and pretty mm. straightforward. And I think there's a there's a real nostalgia for that. Look, I'm not going to watch this, but I'm keen to know if you are, bang fam, um, hit us up on, on the email if you're <laughs> excited for the Beavis and Butthead movie. <laughs> We're here, as always, to let you know what's happening in the world. Um, but speaking of nostalgia, that's something that I'm going to be banging on about this week. Oh, yeah. You've been to see the Top Gun movie, but hang on to that thought because I've got so much to discuss with you. I haven't seen it yet and I'm desperate, but I'm also a little bit perplexed as to why it's such a huge success. you got to watch it. I know. Well, you, I watched Top Gun and it was at a holiday house with you, but 
we watched it down the beach. Because mm, it was a DVD t- draw. No, but it, that was on the TV, so we sat through the ads as oh, well. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Which took 74 hours to watch a movie with ads. I've forgotten so how long it takes. Like when you're at Holiday House, it's either DVDs or free-to-air television mm. and that's your only parameters, which I love. But Top Gun was on the telly and we were kind of laughing at how, t- like, terrible but also amazing the script was, mm. the sex scene of which there is just the most intense tongue kissing going on <laughs> and soft focus and just how cheesy it is. Uh, but I, I don't know if you've watched it, Bang Fam, um, recently, but it is worth a rewatch, and particularly as you lead into watching Top Gun Maverick, which has been a film in the works for years. They showed the trailer for this pre-pandemic and then, of course, everything was shut down, cinemas notably. Tom Cruise has always talked about how important the cinema is. With a film like this, you know that if it goes on streaming services, it won't be experienced in the way it should and it certainly wouldn't make as much money as it probably could. Mm, mm. And sure enough, they waited more than two years. It's opened in cinemas. It's made more than $400 million already. And i got to tell you, I'm here for it. I bloody loved it. I saw it on the weekend on an extreme screen. The biggest screen I've ever seen. I was in like a massive, it was, it was like an airline hangar, like an airplane hangar. It was so huge and friggin' freezing because they're not heating that thing. No. It was massive. That's amazing. Down at Docklands. Um, and it was incredible. It was like, um, it's so over the top and so American. Like I felt like I was in a Ralph Lauren ad, you know, the blue jeans and or a guess ad. That's probably oh, yeah. more likely. And the flowing hair and a totally two-dimensional character of love interest of Jennifer Connelly did not apply her character to the Bechdel test. Very, very cheesy and bad script, as you would hope for. Um, but wild fighter jet scenes, you know, my butt was clenched at many points. I was like, ah! Um, and, yes, there is the perfect sequel to the original volleyball scene in oh. in this Top Gun Maverick film. Oh so God. there's something for everyone. Something for everyone. Is Kelly McGillis in it, though? No. See, this is the thing. How does Tom Cruise still get to be the rakish, no good kind of guy who comes good and still the only one who can solve America's problems? See our previous conversation, Re-Madonna. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Refer back. <laughs> But a lot of it, like it was, again, that idea of nostalgia, a lot of the scenes literally mirrored the scenes, almost like it was like we're just doing the same film again. And I was kind of like, this is pretty funny. Um, They're just almost like the Matrix, latest Matrix film, which wasn't good, Mm. was like a best of recap of all your favourite Matrix moments. This was like mirroring the scenes. Um, And I think that that spoke to us yearning for those touchstones of things that we know and love. And it had extra and it had a whole extra bit at the end which made it exciting, but there was a lot of things where it was like recreations of the original movie. Yeah. What about the casting? Was it more diverse? Because I think one of the criticisms of this return of nostalgia is to go back to an era where we didn't have to think about where where directors and producers of movies didn't have to think about things like incorporating more diverse casts, Mm. incorporating more women in their storylines. That has been one of the biggest criticisms of this return to nostalgia. It's laziness. I think that the original Top Gun had one black character in it who maybe had one line and that was it. Top Gun Maverick does speak to that. There are multiple people of colour in key roles. There are Latino characters. There is a female fighter pilot who's not a love interest but is actually a gun member of the team in the uh, quest that they're on. It is a lot more diverse than the first Top Gun. Um, But, yeah, I had a blast. Are you going to see it? I am going to see it. The other other thing is 
that, that people are talking about this film, it was made in the Reagan era. Mm. Um, President Reagan, very conservative, and it almost uplifted the military. It uplifted the five hundred percent of people increasing people applying. It, it uplifted that idea of a, a you know hopeless bloke who can be elevated to a champion. Uh, you know that 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 form of masculinity that perhaps is not so successful now, and people are saying that the the return to Top Gun is is a regression to those times again, in that we are very much still living like the Reagan era, like that la- classic line someone was saying in Top Gun: "If you think you die," and and I think that was of its time, mm. and I think there's a real negativity towards thinking critical thought critical thought mm. in this day in this age mm. and yeah i think something like top gun kind of brings it all back and you're like oh shit how far have we come not very that's fair i think that i go in with my eyes wide open in seeing that mm. um and i don't take the bait i'm not applying to join the navy no and I'm going to love it. Like the soundtrack sounds awesome, and like just as long as you, you can see it, you because it, it is it is so laid on thick. But I sit back and I'm like, this is so over the top, and I see it all, mm. and I'm not taking the bait, and mm. I can still enjoy it as well. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to love it. Like for all that, <laughs> for all those things, and I and I say all these things having not seen the movie, um, I'm still probably going to love it. Lady Gaga's song is not good as Take My Breath Away, though. Oh, see, I, I, really? It's, I, maybe I just need 30 years on it. I don't know. Yeah. But it's, I, st- I can't remember how it goes. I've lost it. I can't. It wasn't stuck in my head. A minute after leaving the cinema, I couldn't hum it. Oh, it's Hold Your Hand or something, isn't it? Or it's, uh, yeah, exactly. It's not It's not great. <laughs> Watch me shrug. What are you banging on about? <laughs> well, on a far more serious note, um, I watched the first episode of Ithaca, A Fight to Free Julian Assange, which mm. is on ABC. Only the first episode is up, so um, I'm not sure you can watch any more at this stage, but obviously it's a very serious documentary filmed over a couple of years across the UK and Europe and the US, and it features his dad, who is um, John Shipton, who's campaigned to save his son, Julian Assange, or to, to at least get him out of out of prison in the UK at the moment. I, I think it's the documentary we probably all need to watch at this point. Mm. And uh, the overwhelming feeling I have is he's an Australian. Uh, a, a lot of that information that was released was essential to exposing war crimes and we need to get him out. And it's funny, isn't it, when I saw that come up and I was talking to um, Jeffy about it, like it's, he's been imprisoned in various forms for so long. Mm. Has it become normalised? Has the rhetoric around whether he deserves to be imprisoned or not um, become really just normalised and the fight is dying. So I think it's really interesting, particularly as there's a change of government in the US and in Australia, yeah. um, that this documentary is, is coming about and it puts it back in the front and centre and just reminds you of the bare facts that, yeah, like you say, there's an Australian citizen um, who's being held and faces held some grave a politi- consequences. a political pawn in, in yeah. some ways. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's fascinating that it's come up and is being broadcast now and I'm, yeah, I'm super keen to watch it. So the first episode's on iView? iView, right now. Great. Um, Well, I'll be heading to America next week, so I'll solve all the problems. Thank you. Please, (laughs) can you check in with Joe Biden perhaps? Um, Just give him a tap on the shoulder and say we've got some business to discuss. I'll swing by the White House. Yeah. That'll be nice. Where are you going, can you say? LA and Nashville, Tennessee. Nashville. I can't wait to see what you're doing. Might squeeze in a Dollywood trip as well. Oh, my God. 
No, that's we're saving that for a significant birthday, aren't oh, we? Yeah, that's right. You and me were going on our Music Cities tour. Oh, yes. Graceland, <laughs> Dollywood. <laughs> Palm Springs, Elvis's honeymoon yeah, house. good fun cities <laughs> where there's music. That'll do. Love it. Well, I'll see you and uh, through the computer screen. But bon voyage. Chat with you next week. Yeah, can't wait. Yay! Yay! Bye. You got to wash them. You got to wash your spinach. <laughs> That's a good metaphor, actually, for everything. You've got to wash your spinach. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio, and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.